May 15th, Tuesday morning, New Haven, 56 Outpost. The bright lights gleamed in Megan's eyes, and the ropes binding her wrists drew blood. Her body was like stone, every muscle tense and rigid from being slumped over for so long. Because her arms were tied beneath her seat, Megan's shoulders raged with fire and her back felt like a chicken bone, brittle enough to snap. Her head pounded, and when the lights across the vast room intensified to full strength, the headache grew worse. She wrenched her neck away. Her memory was dry and there was no oasis to be had. Megan's brow furrowed and tears threatened to spill. Throat dry, her lips tried to part. She tried to speak, to beg to be released. She would do anything they wanted. Just please someone loosen the restraints and get her a glass of water. A noise, loud, piercing like metal being struck against metal, reverberated around her. Megan's head hung low as the lights brightened to such intensity that she felt her eyes would burn through her eyelids. A clap, then a bang. A metallic whine came over a set of speakers. A robotic voice boomed in and around her. How many lights do you see? It was the same question that had been asked for hours, possibly even days. Megan's answer never changed. The voice berated her, screamed at her that she saw three lights, but Megan only saw two. Each time she answered, the abuse was worse. The restraint on her arms tightened, and the electric pulse that charged through her body intensified in power. She willed her lids to open to look at the lights. A few short blinks grated like sand across her pupils. Megan moaned, her eyes adjusted, and she studied the light. It was like watching a cell separate and clone. For the first time, the light moved into three spheres. Frowning with disbelief, Megan blinked again. She begged herself to believe that what she saw was real, that the lights really were three, and that all this time she was wrong. Humbled, meek. Relief washed over her. I see three. Her voice was a simple croak. Her words sounded like those of a great-grandmother on her deathbed, and not by a happy mother of two. I see three, she repeated, and still her voice sounded so foreign, so wrong. Was she not Megan Myers? She thought of her husband and children. Megan would have wept had she still had tears, had she still had the strength. The lights dimmed. We will now advance to stage two, the voice said, the flick of a projector which echoed through the large space. Megan wanted to look away as the images were projected on the wall. The images were black and white of a simple life, couples at the beach, parents flying kites with smiling children a content woman in high heels and pearls, vacuuming rugs and scrubbing dishes. The last image was of Megan's own smiling family enjoying dinner at an outdoor cafe. A happy woman's voice came into the room. The angelic voice surrounded her. It wasn't on her left or right, but everywhere. Loud like the thumping of drums, it put the beat of music inside her chest. She could feel her heart beating and she thought she might die. You are a happy person. You are content with your life in New Haven 56. You will bake pies, attend PTA meetings, and wash the floors. There is nothing to complain about in New Haven. 
The words were repeated. The sentences went on forever. They drowned out the pain in her tingling arms. Her lips parted, and Megan repeated the words as they were said to her. After many hours, her arms were unbound, and a glass of water was held to her lips by men in black uniforms and thick jackets. She smiled her thanks as she sipped. I am content and happy, she said. You will become whatever we want. Megan beamed a smile worthy of a magazine cover model. I will become whoever you want.